Hello and welcome to the Keen on Things podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Keen, with the best 30 minutes of sleep in show business. And who doesn't like sleep? Um, going to bed at night is best when you don't have to worry about when you're getting up, right? Some people love like the five o'clock wake up. Maybe they're even automatically waking up. Others are okay with it. There's people that love it, people are okay with it. I, I do not like it. It keeps you keeps me up later when I know I have to get up earlier. It's such a mind F. It's such a, a mind F. Um, the reason, too, if it's to get up early and be on the run all day traveling, that's one thing. Like, hey, you're going to have a five or four to catch a flight, even like out of LAX. Um, so it's red eye or, or, or something, you know, globally going to Europe, South America, whatever. Uh, if it's just a quick airport run, like if you're getting up early just for the airport run, that's a, that's a butte, right? Um, no problem. But when it's, when it's something and you're going to like my worst, one of my worst nightmares, I had to fly from LA to Tampa for a gig and I had to get up at like four be at the airport at five for a 6 a.m. flight to Tampa to catch a flight uh, show that night. And we we're, of course, it was so cheap or whatever, the cheapest you get. And I had to fly Detroit. It was amateur night at the Apollo, the whole thing. I had to fly to Detroit. There was plane trouble. We had to land in Toledo, then from Toledo to Detroit, then from Detroit, missed my flight connector to Tampa. I mean, these this is so long, right? And so I, I was late in Tampa, missed my show that night. And the guy, the club owner is like, what's going on? Like, you don't have your shit together. And I'm all, dude, let me tell you about my day. You know, because I ended up going to the club, but I was like, the headliner was already on stage. And he's like, wow, man, you, you really went for it. I'm like, I've been on the run for 12 hours. Anyway, it, it was so stupid. It's such stupid planning or lack thereof. And I had a manager at the time too. And it's just like, man, don't book me for that. Like, I'm not going to come away with much money. Anyway, whatever it is, this podcast helps get you sleep. And it helps get you sleep fast. Uh, I don't know anything about staying asleep, but getting to sleep, man, I'm your guy. Going to bed um, is like eating breakfast, right? I can't force myself to do it, but it'll come. You'll get tired eventually. You'll get hungry eventually. Um, the only meal I can eat on time is dinner. Breakfast, it takes hours. By the time I'm hungry, it's lunch. Um, and even lunch is late, two or three for me. And then dinner I can make. If you want to make six, seven, I'll be hungry because I'll just not eat knowing that there's a, a time. Falling asleep for me has always been easy. I used to fall asleep at parties a lot, especially in San Francisco right after college. My friends, this is true, my friends left me once at a party because they were so tired of it. They just left. It was um, a party we drove to or took a taxi to. We walked in, everyone grabbed a drink, went their separate ways. I found a couch and just crashed right away. And I woke up and the party was going strong. My friends were gone and there's no cell phones in the day. So it was just whatever. I think they were just so sick of me like going to social parties. This wasn't like two in the morning. This is like 9 p.m. peak. And I wasn't wasted. I wasn't passed out. I was asleep. Um, it was the SF crew, you know, it was some UC Davis guys, Santa Clara guys, Dartmouth guys. I was the only one from Carroll College. Nobody leaves that place. Most people that go there are from Montana, and most people don't go. They don't leave. And why should they? It's beautiful, right? I just wrote a Montana joke today. It's fantastic. I'm not going to tell you what it is. I will tell you what it is. Um, with bears, you're supposed to. Uh, with bears, you're supposed to play dead if you come across a bear. 
Um, and I hear different stories. Like polar bears are obviously the Arctic. They'll nail you. They'll hunt you down. Um, and I've heard grizzlies are bad, but now I'm being told brown and bears can also eat you. Anyway, you're supposed to play dead. So I played dead my freshman year when I came across this uh, bear in the woods. The only problem was this bear was a necrophiliac. And, yeah, so, and I was too good an actor. So that didn't turn out well. And then you can tag that with, like, um, was it rape? Was it sex? Was it lovemaking? Like, can I say he made love to me? I mean, you know what I mean? And then, hey, I was a better, but, hey, it's better to be an <laughs> better that than to be eaten by him. So it's like I was a better actor than fighter, I guess. Okay, so, um now that, now that I look back, there were several parties I fell asleep at. Somewhere I didn't even know people. That is so weird. Late 90s, San Francisco. I wonder if that could happen now. I'm sure it could. Bigger parties in the city where everyone just assumes people know each other. Um, I was tough, man. After that, late 90s, you know, I'm in my mid to late 20s. It was tough going to showbiz parties in L.A., comedian parties in L.A. when I moved down. I'd kind of been through it, and some of them weren't evolved socially and the parties in sf were so good and it was right out of college and it was you know there was money there was good venues people took it seriously and um parties in la for me show business parties still even at this age this tender early age um we're always too anxiety riddled you know it's one thing if it's a few people um like you have at every party who's got a little anxiety. But when everyone at the party is full of anxiety or fake or got an agenda, it's just exhausting. And that's what L.A. always was for me with these parties. So I, I did a good job of staying away from them. I mean, there's a crew. And you, you see each other at a comedy club. It's one thing, a bunch of people. And there's a crew, you know, maybe you have five or eight people. But uh, I don't know. anything. I've gone to some New Year's Eve stuff, and I'm like, mm, too small of a percentage of people here that I like. And I'm not going to get time with them because I'm going to be too much of an empath and feel sorry for the people and be overly nice so that this person has someone to talk to. And I'm not going to get to talk to who I want to talk to. It's just like a lot of the reunions now. Um, but yeah, so that, that sums it up. It's just too much anxiety or they were too fake. I'll take the anxiety over the fake. Uh, or it's just so aggressive career-wise and they have an, an agenda. Uh, phenomenal. Fascinating. I mean, you eventually find your people, I think, right? In all these categories, hopefully. So falling asleep and staying asleep are different. I can fall asleep, but when I wake up for the first of three visits to the bathroom in the middle of the night, my mind gets going too freely. And by the time I make it back to bed, I've got plenty of thoughts to keep me up. Sometimes, though, if there's something important out of survival, I can sleep. Like if it's, hey, you got a big show tomorrow. But not when I'm, if it's travel, I'll stay awake all, you know. But if it's something like, hey, you got a big show tomorrow or you got a big, I don't know, what else is there, right? Meeting or, or an event. Then I'll be like, okay. My body will be like, no, you're going to sleep, man. You need this. Um, taping or whatever. Or if you're so exhausted from catching a red eye and your body is just too tired to deal with it, you just like wave off your mind. You're like, not now, bro. No, no, no. Just shake it off. Okay. The times I've slept best were like the first night in Japan when I went there as a 20-year-old. Um, my junior year of college, early on, kind of late summer, I went there. And I think I slept for two or three. The, the anxiety building up to it, or not not bad anxiety, just excitement. 
and then getting there, the jet lag, the long flight. Uh, my first night in Korea when I went there in 99. I mean, I'm talking about a day and a half, two straight days of sleep. Um, after a red eye, a red eye flight to catch some of these cruise ships wherever in the world. I'm going to Australia in November, by the way. Um, even visiting friends. Like I visited Joe, my buddy, in Italy in April. I don't care if I miss the first day of whatever country I'm in. I want sleep. It's just, I'm not going to enjoy it. When people are like, yeah, you got to push through. I'm like, push through. Like, why am I pushing through? I'm miserable. I'm falling asleep at a bar. When my friends came to visit me in Korea once, uh, of the three, only Joe, who's in Italy now, was struggling, just dozing off at this bar we're at. Chris is a veteran, and Dave was fine, too. I was just whatever. But, uh, yeah, that first day is always rough. This is the most boring podcast. Anyway, Korea was good. And um, if there was... Oh, and oh, here's my lead-in, my segue to my ad. Korea was great. And if there was a company like this one I'm about to speak about, I may still be there. Guys, Script Pipeline. Script Pipeline. They get your script. If you have a script anywhere in the world, you get online, scriptpipeline.com. Check it out. They have... um, seminars they have submissions they have competitions they have prizes get online get your script looked at they can put you in touch with the show business people they can get your project financed they can give you great notes if it's your first script or whatever and you have no idea who to go to and share it with you just sometimes you show it to your buddies and you're oh my god this guy's great why don't they just make this movie well show it to an objective eye and uh tough love tough critiques and that's the way to go script pipeline um They are the link. You don't have to move to Hollywood. Don't need to move to Hollywood to follow this dream. Best of both worlds. You get to live wherever, and you get to get it to the insiders uh, if it's good enough. Or you get it to the gatekeepers, and they look at it. And that's not just incestuous. If they like the project, they will push it through. Chase your dream and do it from home. Scriptpipeline.com. Anyway, it has been a tough... Where are we? I mean, are we done with this episode? I'm just going to... Oh, my God. We're one-third of the way through. Okay. The week wrap-up. It's been such a tough week. Just obsessing over a decision. I'm fine now because it's all over. But I was obsessing for a week, which is a long time. Uh, I'm just finishing cruise ship now, heading back to SoCal. I'm in SoCal now. I'm in a car. I'm in my my mom's staying with me in my apartment in Orange County. I'm in my car doing this podcast. It's hot uh, now because I'm so excited and I'm just happy to be home and I'm whatever. So I'm finishing cruise ship back in SoCal Friday night. This past Friday night, two nights ago, uh, I was supposed to open for David Spade in his hometown, Arizona, Phoenix, uh, this uh, the uh, Celebrity Theater, I think it's called, where my family lives. My mom lives, two brothers. Uh, it's a little round stage. It's where George Carlin and Louis C.K. both shot comedy specials. Uh, I had a flight out there by myself. We were going to fly back privately together. I've never flown private. Um I don't know how I'll do on smaller planes. I might lose my mind, so maybe it's best. But I want to try it, right? The pay is fine. It's a one-nighter. It's a dream, man. And it's in his hometown. It's an hour flight. Everything's great. And lined up. All right. So I'm in Austin a week ago, right, uh, filming this mascot show idea. We're wrapping up pretty soon. And we're going into an interview. And we have to do it online. It's like a Zoom Skype thing. And I have to get to a location on time, get the Skype set up, with my buddy Eric, and I have written here, get the team in Austin synced with the guy in the Bay Area. Yeah, the team in Austin is my brother Eric and I, so I don't know why I wrote that. And the interview is Skyping with a guy from Austin, went to school there, big um, Longhorns fan, he's in the Bay Area. 
<coughs> so there's our, and we just flew in and there's, there's moving parts all over the place. I get a text. Of course, of course. I just, I have this one hour and I get a text and a call from my cruise ship agent who says, Hey, princess cruise wants, he says, Hey princess, um, princess cruise wants to offer you a half a week. Right. And usually it's, are you available so we can submit you? But this was an offer. They wanted to offer. And I'm these days I'm trying to say yes as much as possible because the money is so good. And once you start saying no, the calls come less often and it happens quick. Um, I mean, you could go nine for 10 and they're like, yeah, he said no that one time. It's just so brutal and competitive. Uh, and I want to build the momentum and I want to be the guy they come to. I'm sick of being broke. It's one thing to be middle class, but I shouldn't be broke or poor. All I do is work. I have no family, no kids. So it's ridiculous that I'm poor when all I do is work. Like I should be literally a multimillionaire. So I'm doing something wrong. So the cruise ship agents comes to me and I'm like, oh God, I, I should say yes. And I got kind of flustered and I'm calling and texting spades people to see what they think. Um, the cruise ship people are waiting. I'm trying to coordinate this interview where we only have this guy for 10 minutes and it's an hour away and it's all happening at the same time, right? The same 30 minute window I've had all week to respond to this stuff. You know, I've had all day. I've flown in from Orange County to Austin. It's very frustrating, <coughs> frustrating. So I'm thinking, okay, the money's good. This will create some momentum. Spade will understand, you know, I have to cancel a few things during the week is all, you know, and your current you, whoever you are, whoever you is, your current you really messes up, really Fs with future you. Because then that's what I did here. Um, Spades people get back to me. They're like, hey, take the cruise. We've got someone. I'm like, oh, that was fast. So I take the cruise like an idiot without asking enough questions. Then they say, oh, you meant Arizona? Oh, we thought you meant Boise because he's flying to Boise. But I never was on the schedule to do Boise. So I was like, oh, wait, what? And then it was already a no. I couldn't do Boise. So I'm like, oh, no. So they're like, yeah, don't don't cancel. And, I'm, and I've already responded to my cruise ship agent. Yes, I'll take it. Wheels are in motion there. I'm like, well, no, I have to now because I thought you, oh, man. So I can't go back and cancel on the cruise ship. Not only that, I've got a show to cancel in Orange County that I put together that worked out fine. Thank God. But a lot of people were coming to hang see me and hang but that worked out fine the orange county crew can santa margarita crew especially can make it a good time uh and whatever overall i felt sick all week i've opened for big names but they weren't guys i was in love with some somewhere but spade man is one of those guys he's the best the best guy the best comic the stories the hang uh he's one of those guys you love and you get to work with him i was like this is a dream look i i, I don't want to name names of people some are dead guys that i worked with that i'm like oh, i just want to get through this week spade swartz and steve Byrne, the greats man they're great chad daniels love that love the hang love watching their comedy so um so i canceled on the spade gig it was for much more money um but still the money's gonna come and uh, anyway, ever since I said yes to that gig, I got six more weeks of work coming in 22. All of November, we'll be touring Australia. Two weeks in December, we'll be in the Caribbean for two weeks in October. So as I say these words, I should stop pitching. Point is, point is, long story short, I got rushed into a decision. I let myself get rushed into it. 
and I only have myself to blame. And I hate that because I could have easily sent shut a simple text. Sorry, man, to my cruise ship guy. Sorry, man, I'm open for spade. I just booked it yesterday, so I didn't have time to mark myself unavailable on the website. These spade gigs are the most important thing to me. I really respect them, love them, admire them, love hanging with them. Um, that's all. That's all I had to send. But I got, I overthought it, right? And I hate, I hate, and we all do, when I can't blame other people for something. Oh, that's the worst, right? But I should have known better. All I had to do was tell my cruise ship agent, this is the one gig I have to pass on. I'm sorry I'm doing this thing with Spade, especially in his hometown, especially where my family lives. They're going to come out. I'm, op I'm opening for a hero, a personal hero, in his hometown. It's a big weekend for me, and my cruise ship agent would have gotten it, or not. I don't know. But I was trying to make everybody happy, and that will kill you, man. Trying to make other everybody happy will kill you, and I've done so much in my life. Uh, it'll make you resentful on the way to killing you. So it'll kill you, but in, and on the way, you're not even enjoying it. Okay, at least do something where killing you is going to be fun, alcohol or something. Um, Booker's not my cruise ship agent. Great guy. Unbelievable guy. Understands. I've had, you know, I'm, I'm all over the place. I'm a, I'm a diva with, you know, instructions and bookings and dates. and Yeah, that's a horn. Um, so Booker's have intimidated for so long. Me and just comics, you know, they hold it over your head. I let myself get intimidated. It's half the reason I think that you get into law. They become a lawyer. So you can threaten someone that you're a lawyer, and then that person knows, well, I don't know the rules like this guy does, so I'm backing down. <coughs> and that's how I always was with these cruise ship agents. Um, you know, I don't know what I don't know. So I have to take Booker's threat. I have to take their word for it. Um, I've missed some significant things in my life um, that I'm ashamed of because I was too afraid to say no or cancel on a gig, either the pay or I, he had me, it's usually a, he, um, had me intimidated about if I cancel, I'll never work again. This is too big. Uh, there's no time to get somebody else there. It's in a remote area. I don't know how you're going to do this and some traumatic stuff, man. Birth of nieces and a nephew surgeries for my older brother, family gatherings, friends, gatherings, funerals, funerals, man. Just stuff I'll regret my whole life that I missed because I didn't act quick enough and I didn't just say, hey, sorry, this is important to me, bro. You know, I'd let myself get intimidated into the gig and you and you just and it hangs with you. So anyway, it feels good to talk about. It feels good to air the grievance. It's been in my mind heavy for a week. And I think a lot came out uh, over this past week of just regrets of stuff that I was too afraid to say no to. And it's like, look, I'm confident. I'm happier in my stand up than I've ever been. And, uh, if someone wants to say, Hey man, sorry, you're not going to get booked anymore. I'll be like, fine. I'll find another Avenue. Like I know the cruise ship agent wants me to do in two minutes, two different sets, 45 minutes clean. I have one 45 minute clean. And then I've got probably a half hour to 45 edgy, dirty, um, R PG 13 R, which you can't do on a cruise ship. And he's like, yeah, it would really help if you had a second 45 minutes of clean. And I'm, I'm going to be like, you know what? I'm not going to force that. Because it's not my ultimate dream to do cruise ships. And I'm working enough with the 145 set. Let, let's go with that. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to knock myself out and fake my way through some undeveloped 45 minutes of just fake G-rated slop. Um, maybe it'll come. Enough cruise ship gigs and maybe like a set will spawn off of that. But don't knock yourself out, man. Um, 
once the show in Arizona was over Friday night, I felt a little better because I'm like, okay, it's over, the buildup. I didn't get on social media to see how it went. I'm sure it was great. But the truth is I'd rather be making less money with Spade than be in comedy Siberia making good money. Um, and Spade's people, they said they're cool with it. They understand. You know, Bobby and Heather say they're cool with it. I'm not cool with it. It just sticks in my craw. It's my bad because it would it'd be so fantastic to perform at that theater for Spade. Um, and you know, the bookers, the bookers aren't obsessing about it either way. Right. <laughs> it drives me crazy. And, and it just bums me out that I don't have a manager that like is looking out for me or just all these performers, right? They have agents and managers who have your best interests in mind and they can tell you, no, yes. Like you're doing this gig. You're not doing this gig. Make that decision for you and remove that barrier from your brain, not barrier, but variable. Um, but I was like, who the hell can I ask? I need an insider in there with me. Someone that can just go, whoa, 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 snap out of it. Dude, you're doing this gig, not that gig. And it's just the, the decision's made. But these bookers, man, they try to play with your conscience and your fear mechanism in your brain. And your friends and your family have no idea of the internal wiring of the business. So it's not like they can help. You know, They can't be expected to help you. I had a manager years ago who would have said in a second, you're going with Spade. He was awesome. This guy at Brillstein Gray. He's like, no, you're doing the spade gig. He helped me get out of a jam with the Tony Rock project. That's Chris Rock's little brother. I was one of the, the guys on that show. We were trying to get it picked up. I think we had like six episodes. But they had me in the cast, and we were shooting for a couple days uh, once, like a three-day period or something, and a chunk. And I'd booked the Montreal Comedy Festival, which is where all these industry people go. It used to be a bigger deal. Now it's whatever. It's pretty watered down, but it was all these industry people would go to check you out and I'd booked it. I was going to fly to Montreal and they're paying your way and putting you up and giving you a per diem and shows to perform at. And it's, I, it's what you want. It's a dream for a young up and come or, and the Tony rock people were like, you need to do our show, man. Yeah. You don't worry about this festival. People go to the festival so that they can get on a show. They can get work and you're already on one. You're working. So you don't need to do the festival which is such manipulation um and they really tried to tighten the noose on me a couple guys and my manager was like nope you're going to the montreal festival that show can wait they want to book somebody else that's great and you feel protected and you can focus on the right things you can focus on comedy and presenting uh, your show and writing stuff that'll get as many people laughing as possible or something that's really true to you and i loved it man decision made you felt protected, went to Montreal. Tony Rock Project delayed shooting until I got back. Peace of mind. Over. On with our lives. Okay. Peace of mind. Opposite of this. So, yeah, it was opposite of this situation. I made the wrong decision. I knew it early on. I knew it within the hour. And I was trying to live with it. My brother was with me last weekend. And he knew, man. He knew. I, I think he was like, oh, no, not the Pat Keen obsessive regret mode, please. Because we went out to dinner after the interview. It was great. And I was like, dude, I think I did the wrong thing. And Eric, and you know, they're 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 cool. They they're like, dude, just take it day by day. Like more gigs will come. Um, you know, whenever with my last girlfriend, whenever I'd lose something, whatever, toenail clippers or a shirt, um, you know, a phone charger, she would sometimes by the end all the time get online and just buy a new one. She'd buy it Amazon, whatever, you know. She's like, I can't tonight. I can't with the obsessing. A new one will be here in the morning or tomorrow afternoon. Problem solved. $14. That's all the thing cost. 
really funny. She knew me. Hilarious. Um, so anyways, it feels good to discuss. It gives me perspective. We're going to blow right through 30 minutes, I think. Have we already? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe not. Um, feels good to discuss. Gives me perspective. Maybe it just needs to happen more often. And I brush it off and move on because you just don't have time to obsess. It's like getting nervous before you take the stage. Some shows you do, but like for the most part, it's like it's too exhausting to be um, nervous for every show. So it's too exhausting to, to get wound up for all these gigs. But I was just mad that I got rushed into something and kind of felt like you were manipulated a little bit. Um, but it also gives me motivation for working harder so that I can rise above this and won't be at the mercy of these this kind of shit anymore, you know? Um, I love Spade. I hope he has me back. Uh, Bobby's been amazing, and he says uh, there aren't a lot of dates on the books for the rest of the year. Anyway, Spade's a busy guy with stuff beyond stand-up. I mean, shows constantly want him on, as well they should. He's just amazing. He's um, So, yeah. You know, now you just wait to be asked again. They have to come to you. You can't be like, hey, man, I'm ready to go. Like, you can't. It's just not, look, it's not a good look. Uh, so, yeah, I missed a big one. But I'm going to check in with Bobby this week and just see uh, how it went. And hopefully they didn't lose money on that private flight back or whatever it was. My sister is coming to town. She and my mom are coordinating my 50th in a week, I think. Um, and I'm just like, tell me when and where. Right? Just tell me when and where. I, I don't. You know, I gave them the where. It's Bistro K. It's the best, right? It's the best place. But I don't know. It's going to be one of these Friday nights or something. But I like Bistro K. There's parking. You have the whole patio to yourself. There's not, you're not competing with other restaurants. Um, and you can be loud and you're kind of safe in there. You're not disturbing anybody. There's no homes or apartments or anything nearby. It's all just these shops that are closed by 4 p.m. Um, but I was like, you guys take care of it. She's like, you're the only one with info on the people I want to invite. I'm like, well, here's my phone. Take it. You fellas aside. You fellas aside. It's like the coach and Rudy. When the assistants, all, all his assistant coaches are fighting over if they'll take Rudy as a walk-on. It's, do you want him, DBs, linebackers, D-line? Like an Arab Parsegian, a great legend, an Armenian man, I think. He was a great coach from Notre Dame. He's like, you fellas aside. You fellas aside. He didn't want any part of it. That's how I am with my birthday. Um. So anyway, um. Uh, yeah, feels good to talk about. Feels better now that I'm back from the cruise ship. Couple tough shows. Uh, you really have to be on your on your toes. Um, wait, yeah, couple tough shows have to be on your toes um, to do these shows. And the spade gigs are just butter, man. They're so tasty. So once those were over and I'm back, I feel way better. And hopefully you can just build from here. I still have a day job that I'm floundering at, um, and now I have to tell my department that I'm gonna miss like a ton of work. Uh, miss more time and i'm gonna miss a reunion that i'm supposed to be putting together um the good news synergy at the day job is at an all-time high it's been incredible um this little team of ladies is really in communication with each other and it looks like a nice weave in basketball practice if you've ever played basketball at practice they have a three-person weave and it's three players they don't dribble they just toss the basketball and they weave in and out and it just builds like synergy synergy and flow Frickin' Byron and Worthy and Magic used to do it with the ball against another team. It was amazing. But uh, I think they got a they got a groove. They got a good groove. Um, so yeah. Um, moving forward in show business. Yeah, I'm happy to be alive. Right. Turning fifty. A no name was probably done for 
at 50 in the back in the day. Now there's just no limits and so many options. Plus, who cares if you're a no-name if you're making a good career? And hopefully that's coming back. I'm starting to move beyond getting nervous if the industry will like my stuff. Because the industry, there is no industry, and the industry is at the same time, it's everybody. It's the world, right? That's your audience. Whether it's my stand-up or the show idea we have coming out, it's like, you know what? What holes are you going to find? I'm preemptively like, what holes are you going to find? What crap reason are you going to try to pull to not get behind this project? Um, they're just so good at block th blocking things. They're so good at stonewalling. Uh, but I'm getting better about caring less, not taking it personal and just moving on and not holding it against people. And just be like, all right, it's not, if they're not into it, let's go. Let's, let's not waste our time on a meeting because we don't want people reluctantly on this team. I have a joke that I talk about how the worst part of show business is that when you do make it and you want to rub it in someone's face who rejected you or your idea, um, the worst part of it, they've moved on, whether you've made it or not. They're not sitting with it after you've succeeded in an idea that they turn their nose up at or they turn down. They're just like, oh, good for you. Yeah, it wouldn't have worked with us, but I'm glad for you or whatever. Or they don't care. But they're not like, oh, it only I, we greenlit that Patrick Keene project. Oh, oh, no. And then you run into them at restaurants or parties, and you're just like, you can F you to them. And they're like, oh, please forgive us. It just doesn't happen. I don't think Lauren Michaels is kept awake at night regretting decisions about not hiring Jim Carrey or Dana Gould on the show. You know what I mean? I'm sure he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, well, I'm glad they both had great careers. Dana Gould is a writer, voice for The Simpsons, a great stand-up comic, one of the best. Jim Carrey, obviously, we know him from his movies. They didn't get passed by SNL. They were passed on. Um, so, yeah, I bet, you know what? I've been watching the Leno car show a little bit, and I do enjoy it. I bet Leno enjoys that car show more than anything in his life. Like, I actually watched and liked a few episodes. Just the education on the cars. He can be himself more than he was in The Tonight Show. He's not trying too hard. Um, like, I feel like some of these hosts do, where they're not being themselves. Okay, so the show. I think You Bet Your Life, he hosts that. That's eh, not really tight. It's not that great. But um, the car show's fun. CNBC. It's a good possible home for uh, mascots if we get it going here. Uh, so the ship I was on that I'm getting that I got off of this morning, um, the ship was in Alaska all week. It's such a trip. Alaska. I've been to Hawaii once. I've been to Alaska like five times. You know, is like um, right out of the old west. It's still Frontierville, man. Gold rush, tip of the iceberg, southeast corner of this massive state. It's its own country, Alaska. I'm sure James Clavell has a book on Alaska, and I'm sure it's just called Alaska. James Michener, not to be confused with, has the books on Asia. Clavel, James Clavell's books are like Mexico, Texas, Earth. Those are the titles. Mars. like. Um, but Alaska is so beautiful. Late summer. Perfect time of year to be there. Best cruise to do for comedy shows. For me, kind of, because it's primarily, primarily Americans. Um, you do a cruise to Mexico or to Europe, Caribbean. It's a mix, and you can feel it. It's just not the complete connection. The, the transatlantic can be tough, the English crowds. Or you hear it, or you don't hear it. Um, but you know it's a perfect little cove. It's a two-and-a-half, quick two-and-a-half-hour two flight from Seattle, and you're in Alaska. You're in like, what? It's 2.20 from L.A. to Seattle and about 2.20 from Seattle to And you're like, what? I'm, I'm just in this little weird town. It's kind of Canadian, kind of American. It's a trip, man. It's really a trip that Alaska... 
and they're barely anything like us. They're like, yeah, yeah, I guess we're part of you, but they're just like, whatever, whoever the ruling body is cool, but we're Alaskans. Um, you could keep flying. You could fly another five hours and still be Alaska. Like it's so massive. We just saw the Southeast tip of this great state. Um, Juno's great though. It's a hideaway. It's, it's really a trip. You got to go. You're like, am I in America? Um, but literally it would be a three month cruise. If you wanted to see all of Alaska, it's just, you go around, you know, you got to get around Anchorage and Fairbanks and get over to Nome, then get up to the North side. And, and it's just no way. And all you're seeing in this whole week is one like 10th of Alaska. It's so funny. Okay. Uh, we're wrapping up here. Um, this is so long. My freaking computer's about to blow here. The queen has left us the queen of England, the queen of Britain. Thankfully, you know, I got to say, thankfully, Agent Orange was not president for that or for Gorbachev's passing. I just can't imagine. I, I, I would hope publicists and spin doctors would get in front of it, but I can't imagine the humiliating thing he would tweet, you know, to get his goons all riled up, you know, just sloppy references to Cold War and Revolutionary War. Um, even though all three of our flags have the same exact colors now, red, white, and blue, I have to say that, but, um, you know, he'd be saying anything for the applause or a reaction, you know, it's fine. Agent Orange and his comments were fine on, um, you know, the apprentice. I enjoyed that show. I really did. I think I watched the first two seasons, maybe part of three. Um, and it's fine on the e-network it's fine on MTV. It's fine in the low-life entertainment outlet world, but not the White House. It's just so obnoxious and reckless, man. You know, and he didn't make politics the joke that it is. He didn't make... It was a joke before he got into it, which is which would help him win. But he didn't help politics either, you know. I mean, I, you just... Like, people, said, people downplay the January 20th thing, especially down here in Orange County. Man, five cops died as a result. I've got to look at that. I've got to study, like... How they did? Did they die that day? Afterwards, was it suicides? I don't know. But like, how was that so underplayed? That five cops watching the, um, monitoring the Capitol building died. Is that accurate? I don't even know. Send me emails. Um, all right. Anyway, these episodes are about nothing. I'm spent. They're so incongruent. But hey, that's life. That's what life is. Um, and we just allow certain things in when we're ready. You know, sometimes it's like that person died. I didn't even know. And I didn't pay attention. That was three years ago. I'm going to reach out. Right. We allow thoughts or words from previous experiences or generations to hover at the gate of our mind. And then we access them in our time. Right. We access them in moments of reflection. So uh, thanks for listening. Subscribe. So, you know, right away when these episodes come out for the keen on things podcast, um, I try to be as real as possible on this thing. I'm rarely accurate on any of these uh, opinions. But it comes out every Sunday night. Keen of comedy on all social media bullshit platforms. Uh, grazie. We will see you at the movies. Thank you.